Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you? So good. Am I too close to you today? Never too close. (laughs) Who do we have here with us? Hi, Nell. Hi, Susanna. Hi. Hi, ladies. We're so glad you're with us. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Maybe Nell, you first? Well, my name is Nell O'Leary, and I live in St. Paul where it's still not spring yet. My kids are in their winter coats. I am the managing editor for Blessed Is She. I'm also a wifey and a mom of four little kids, and I like to call myself a recovering lawyer because I'm a lawyer who doesn't practice. And you are no novice to this podcast. You've been on before, so we're happy to have you again. Thanks, Nell. Susanna? I'm Susanna Spencer, and I live in West St. Paul, which is across the river from St. Paul. And it isn't spring on the west side of the river either, the Mississippi, that is. And I also have four kids, and I homeschool them. So my day is kind of crazy homeschooling my kids in the morning and then writing in the afternoons. That's kind of my life. What are you writing right now, Susanna? Some things for Blessed Is She, but then also just articles for the National Catholic Register and then devotions. And I'm going to try to send other articles out there to other places soon. That's awesome. Cool. I love that. Hey, it's kind of crazy. I just realized all three of you. Ooh, tell us. Have four kids. That is crazy. I have no children for any new listeners. That's Beth talking <laughs> in case we sound alike. <laughs> you guys do sound alike. No. Come on. Oh, untrue. Uh, it's impossible. You have the same heart and the heart comes through in your voices. I can always tell them apart. No, I don't know what you're saying. Ooh, thank you, Susanna. Truth bomb from the theological editor. Truth bomb. Like that. that has anything to do with theology. I don't know. You have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, ladies, you're both so knowledgeable about your faith. Now you're our managing editor. Susanna, you're a theological editor. We depend on both of you. You have beautiful devotional and prayer lives. So I'm curious what your faith was like as a kid. Did you grow up Catholic? Were you from a super devout Catholic family? What was kind of the climate? So I'm the fourth of five. I grew up cradle Catholic in a beautiful, very traditional liturgical church. My mom has a master's in theology. My dad's always been super involved with the Gregorian chant and the scola and the choir. Um, My brother was an altar boy. But I will say that when it came to living out the virtues, maybe my parents got a little tired by the fourth kid. I mean, I get it. But I do think that a lot of it was more imbued and less overt. So things were not necessarily discussed. Something like, here's specifically what we're going to go through. We're working on being humble as a family. It really wasn't integrated that way. It was more learned through example. I certainly did pick up a lot of things from my older siblings along the way. But I do wish that there had been a more concerted effort to really speak to my heart as a child, specifically about the faith, to plant those seeds maybe even deeper than they were already planted, which was a beautiful planting, but more through osmosis and less through direct communication, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think in my years in youth ministry, I sort of depended upon that, that my students would pick up 
on yeah. Catholicism, yeah. pick up on traditions and devotion and just like a love of Jesus. But there's such a need for real intentional catechesis, real intentional conversation about the faith. Susanna, what about you? Super Catholic as a kid? Yeah, well, okay, so I didn't actually grow up in Minnesota. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which is still on the west side of the Mississippi. (laughs) Um, So St. Louis is actually a super, like, historically Catholic city. And my parents are both Catholics, raised by Catholics, raised by Catholics. It kind of just goes back. I actually have a great, great, great grandfather who was a Maronite priest in Lebanon back in the late 1800s. So my parents, they were charismatics when they met. They met at a charismatic prayer meeting. So I was actually at a charismatic parish for like, I don't know, the first half of my childhood. And then my dad is a liturgical musician. So we kind of went wherever he was playing music. And so I guess that was kind of sporadic in terms of like parish life. But then I had my dad's deep, devout, very quiet sort of prayer life. And he would always pray over us every night. And you could tell his heart was really into the liturgical music he was playing. And then my mom, she's been going to daily mass as long as I can remember. She did what she called homeschool religion. So she would do the catechesis at home. And so she just kind of got books. I think she would go to Pauline Books and Media. So we got a lot out of that. And I got a lot from learning from her. And we also did things like the Jesse Tree during Advent, where you do the readings from like the Old Testament to the New, about God's relationship with humanity. So I kind of got a lot of things in that way, but I guess I really didn't feel like I learned the content of our faith. I like knew that God loved me and I love God and I went to youth groups in middle school and high school, did life teen things. But so then I decided in high school that I wanted to go to Steubenville for college, Franciscan University of Steubenville. And that was really when I got there, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I was like, you know what, I am here and they teach solid theology. So I'm just going to get a degree in theology. And my main goal there was just to kind of fill out everything that I never learned growing up, even though I was raised Catholic. And I ended up staying through um, my BA to get my master's in theology also. I love that. So we just released a new product this week at Blessed Issue, which I'm so excited about. I'm so thrilled and just overjoyed with this new book that we have out. And Susanna, would you mind sharing about it kind of in line with telling a little bit about your story? Because I know so much of this product came birth out of your own heart. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about this exciting new thing that we have at Blessed Is She? Yeah, I can do that. The book is about virtue for kids. And my study of virtue started when I was getting my master's. And I took a class. It was called Virtue Ethics. It was actually a philosophy class. I took it because my then fiance was getting his master's in philosophy and I could like dual enroll as a theology major. And, but it was just this way of thinking about living well that I never thought about, like Mm. virtues as these habits that we form. And then like, you know, once you learn how to become generous, it's easy to become generous. I never thought about it that way before. I said, oh, so if I just like get myself to form these habits of doing these virtuous acts, then I can, it becomes easier to become Mm. holy. After I got married, my husband got his PhD in philosophy, and he started encouraging me to read St. Thomas Aquinas's Summa Theologiae. It took me a long time to get into it. I think I sat down and I started with like the very beginning of the first part, question one, and it's in this style that's kind of hard to read if you don't know it, the um, scholastic <laughs> style of writing. And it's like, 
does God exist? And then it starts with all these objections as to why he doesn't exist. And then Thomas Aquinas gives his answer. And then he like replies to all the objections. So it's just kind of a puzzle you have to figure out. After I was trying to read Thomas Aquinas, I started seeing a new spiritual director and he pointed out some things that I was struggling with. And he was like, actually, it's this vice of sloth that you're dealing with. And here are some virtues that you should work on to overcome sloth. And then all of a sudden that like revolutionized my view of my spiritual life. I was like, oh, so if I'm struggling with a certain sin, I can work on the opposite virtue that will help me overcome my sin. And so then I just started reading Thomas Aquinas more and more on these virtues. And then it really just got put on my heart to like learn these things and make them applicable for everybody to have access to the virtues because not everyone's going to sit down and read St. Thomas Aquinas. You know, it's really amazing, Susanna, to have walked through this with you and see how you had written a course on virtues for adult women, a lecture series you delivered at our parish. But out of that, really seeing your love for communicating this, these really high level, deep thinking topics in ways that we could understand it, <laughs> the rest of us, even me, in our parish setting, and to see how the church's teaching is wide and deep and there's a lot in there for all of us, but sometimes we kind of need a buffer or a translator or a theologian, someone who's able to kind of stand in the gap there for us. I saw you do that beautifully in this product of this new book that we put out. It was cool to hear you, Susanna, talk about developing the opposite virtue. That was something that I was really excited to chat about today because I feel like I found out way too late in my spiritual journey that there was something I could do when it came to habitual sin, that there was actually an opposite virtue that I could develop. And I think sometimes in faith and in you know striving for holiness, we can go after the behavior without realizing or taking advantage of the graces that we have in the church and the sacraments and in something like the catechism where the virtues are outlined. Mine's pride, so I need lots of humility. That's good. I think we all struggle with pride. It's like the hardest sin to get rid of. You get rid of all of the like lesser sins, and then what you have left is pride. And I was reading St. John Cashin, who was a, well, what is he, one of the Desert Fathers. And he was talking about how like you just kind of get stuck because you get rid of all the things like, you know, I'm not killing people or stealing things. And I, you know, I'm actually a little bit moderate in the way I eat. And then you're succeeding in all these virtues. And then you're like, suddenly starting to feel really great about yourself you're like hey look at me I can do all these things and then you're like oh pride (laughs) there it is again and then that's when you have to realize that everything that you're doing that is good is from God then that's your humility right there I've started going to weekly confession and that's not because of my virtue that's because I need so much help and the Lord called me to it so this week I was in there and I was sharing some things and I was giving this like situation and the Holy Spirit told me essentially that's pride. <laughs> like this whole thing that you're kind of dancing around and you're giving this like super specific, just confess pride. I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, so we haven't really revealed what this new product is yet. We've kind of been skirting around it. Would you do the honor of sharing like exactly what this exciting new thing is that's all about the virtues from Blessed Is She. It's called Rise Up, Shining with Virtue. And this book that is over 250 pages has 15 chapters that focus on 15 virtues written by 15 different writers from our writing team. 
it's just gorgeous. It's formatted like a daily devotional for the kids as though it were a week per virtue. Now, for some kids, they might want to zoom faster than that. For some, they might go a little slower. But every week has an introduction to the virtue where Susanna tells us, paraphrasing and making readily accessible, the Summa from St. Thomas Aquinas, then she had selected a longer scripture verse that she felt like really reflected that virtue and a little bit longer than the rest of the week's reflections on that scripture. And oftentimes she's telling a story and you're right in the middle of it. It's an incredible invitation to our imagination. As an adult, I loved reading these and I will love reading them with my kids. Then the other five days of the week, we have either a saint quote or a short scripture quote and then uh, a little bit shorter reflection by the author for that week, maybe 150 to 200 words. Again, telling a story from their life at this age-appropriate time wherein they experience struggling with an aspect of this virtue. And every page for every day ends with the end of the prayer line, which is, I love you with my whole heart. The best part. Yeah, we do that till the end of the chapter. And then Susanna wrote a beautiful conclusion, which kind of ties it all together. Today, you get to pause, to think, pray, and ask God to help you have more blank, fill-in-the-blank virtue toward him and toward others. She kind of pulls it all together. It's like a big, beautiful, wrapped gift at that point and ends with a beautiful prayer that she drafted. So this goes on for 15 chapters, and I got to tell you, it does not flag. It does not slow down. There's no point where you think, can I get out of generosity? You feel like, well, what's the next story going to be? I kind of want to know. The 15 writers who wrote, Jenna included, are just incredible women walking all different paths in life. We have our resident sister, Maria Kim Bowie, who's a daughter, St. Paul's sister. We have people like Rose Coleman, who's an elementary teacher, not a mom herself. We have people like Blythe Fike, who has eight beautiful children. So people all over the map, all of them wanting a spiritual motherhood and to help those of us who have kids in our lives, our own kids, our spiritual kids, kids we love, really plant those seeds and grow in a prayer life, grow in a love of God, and grow in a really dynamic and interesting way that just hasn't been offered before for our kids. I love it. And Susanna, if you wouldn't mind, you just saw the book a few days before we released it. What were your initial thoughts on it when you finally got this huge labor of love that we've been working on for a year as the person who really birthed this and we got to help you in that process? We got the imprimatur for it, all this hard work, and then you finally got it. What was it like for you when you got it in the mail? Well, I really was inspired to ask Jenna to create this book with Blessed Is She by my daughter. She was, I guess she was almost nine when she asked for it. And so now she's 10 now. And so, but I got it. The first, my first response was, I'm going to give it to her to open up because I just wanted her to be the one to like see it because it was for her. So she had actually just gotten a new bike and I'm like, come inside. And everyone was outside like biking. I'm like, come on inside. And I actually took a video of her. You could actually see it in my Insta stories. I'll have to maybe repost it of her opening this package. And we're both kind of more melancholic temperaments. So we're not like, ah, you know, really excited temperaments. We're all kind of, we're just kind of like this peaceful happiness. <laughs> so it was just so good to see it all put together. And just the beauty of the artwork and the way everyone's stories go together. And I know that like I could give the virtue content and I guess I could have told stories from my experience, but it was just neat to see everyone telling stories from their experience. And some of the writers talk about like things that their parents told them. And it's like our kids are being parented by 
all of these women, plus all of their parents before them that taught them how to love God. Susanna, I loved reading it, obviously, as we were going through the editing process. And I particularly love your reflections on the scriptures. It's so obvious that you have prayed with these, that God's word has changed your heart and your life. And I think it's such a gift. And I found that even as I was reading, no matter where I flip, I need to read personally, whatever I'm reading, which proves to me a point that I already knew, I need more growth in virtue. So (laughs) we have this beautiful resource for children and I'm excited to read it with my godchildren, with my niece and nephews. But how do you, as an adult woman, grow in virtue? I'm not sure everyone listening today has a copy of the Summa or, (laughs) you know, is ready to dive into that. So I'm wondering what's worked for you. Just personally curious. Lots and lots of confession. Lots and lots of grace. If you want to read the Summa, go to newadvent.com. It's all there. The second part of the second part is the section on virtues. But like I said, it's kind of hard to get into. When I'm being very careful about growing in virtue, I'll look at, say, let's say I'm struggling with being moderate with my internet use. And then the way to overcome intemperance is to, you know, do things like fast. So like during Lent, we fast, you know, I fast from food because I sometimes like food more than I like praying. But then like you need food to live. So you have to eat some food. We have a duty to keep ourselves alive. I try to restrict myself in the opposite way or with my children when I am homeschooling them and I get impatient. My, you know, I try to like make purposeful acts of patience towards them or like just try to get calm before I speak to them. When I have had a situation where I yell at them, I reflect on it later and just say, okay, what can I do to keep myself from getting in the situation where I'm even tempted to yell? Like, how can I plan my day so that we're not rushing out the door and I have to be like, okay, your coat's on now because it's still winter in Minnesota, apparently. And so I'd like give ourselves more time. So just kind of these very practical things. Virtue seems like a really abstract thing, but it is actually very, very practical. I think the more abstract ones are like the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. You're like, well, how do I make an act of faith? Well, Mm -hmm. you pray. Yeah, I think I loved that about writing Rise Up or writing the chapter of Rise Up that I did was really learning the practical ways to grow in honesty. Just little things like that. I just think the practical tips that are in it were huge for me to read as an adult woman. And I'm really excited for my kids to read it and for my godchildren to read it. But for me to read, oh, growing in virtue is really practical. It's not this kind of heady thing where I I don't really know how to latch onto that. You can latch onto it and you can practice it. And I think you said this at the beginning also, Susanna, is the more you practice it, the more it grows or, or the more you kind of lean that way. You grow a muscle. Right. Form a habit. Totally. I think Thomas Aquinas defines it as a habitual disposition for good. So you think of it as a river is forming and water starts flowing through the ground and then Mm. it starts creating a deeper and deeper trench, kind of like eroding so that the water just naturally flows that way. So when you're forming a virtue, you start saying truthful things and then you just create this like river of truth that you're always able to speak the truth. I mean, that river example is super helpful. That's beautiful. 
So as I mentioned, this was a long process for us to make this book. It was a year-long process. Nell, do you mind sharing just a little bit about the background on why it takes so long, how it is to compile a book with 16 writers, and what that was like for you as an editor as well? Absolutely. Suzanne and I sat down one, gosh, was it rainy? Was it cold? Probably. We live in Minnesota. Morning. And I think our kids were playing in the other room and just actually drew out on a piece of paper. What would this look like? What would your dream look like? How would we include voices of the rest of the writers too? So we once we had the actual sketching, we conferred with Jenna and, and hammered out what the format would be. And from there, I spent many late nights looking for saints, quotes, scripture. My laptop was my warm companion on my side of our bed while my husband snoozed away and I tapped, 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 tapped. I conferred with Dr. Mary Ruth Hackett, who is one of our writers, but also has a PhD in behavioral development for kids. And she helped us get a sense of what will the flow look like, you know, for children those ages, what kind of language we make sure to include. So we shaped every chapter and had the source, the scripture quotes for every chapter to provide the writer with. Here's kind of the little detail of that virtue you're going to write on this time around for this day of your week. Here's already the scripture, already a single. Here's already my little prayer that I wrote at the bottom to give them some shape and form so they weren't just writing out of the void. And then Suzanne, of course, was hustling her tail, working her little butt off, writing all of the you know larger, in-depth, more in-depth stuff. But I knew that it would come together really nicely because we had this solid formula of, hey, here's where you plug your stuff in, ladies, and then we'll tweak it and work with it and make sure the voices are sounding good next to each other. Then once we did have everything, Susanna could go through and do theological edits. Not only did she provide all of the substantive content, but she also checks everything of our written materials to make sure nothing's outside the realm of the teachings of the Catholic faith. So she goes through and does that. The writer comes back in, you know, tweaks it, tweaks the language. And once, you know, Jen has read through it all and, you know, whomever else needs to, then we send it off to the chancery for the imprimatur and the Niho Abstat, which is a really special process whereby we can turn something in and say, okay, Bishop Olmsted, you know, we are endorsed by you. We are a ministry in your diocese. And this material is for kids, it's for parents and kids. We want to really make sure that there's nothing in here that's questionable so the parents can rest assured that when they buy this for their children, they know that it's solid footing. It was a lengthy dialogue between us and the censor laborum there in the diocese to say, okay, what about this little word? You know, nothing was crazy and out there at all that we had written, but how do you tweak this phrase to make sure this comes across and back and forth, which we really appreciated. And certainly the process was helpful for us to know, you know, which turns of phrase are good here or there. And how does this work to make sure that we are learning the, the imprimatur from Bishop Olmsted? After that and everything is all set, then it goes to design. And that that's where I, as the editor, kind of hand it off. They do all the beautiful the design, the layout. And then, you know, we continue to read through looking for every single thing. I mean, all eyes on deck. It all goes to the printer. Then it comes into our hot little hands. And then we all just die because it's so cute. Nell, thank you so much for walking everyone through the process. Gosh, when you see the book, when you're holding it, and it's substantial, it feels so good in your hands. It's neat to hear, I think, all of the heart and the hard work, the vision behind the project. So thanks for sharing. And thank you for all the gifts that you brought to it. I was praying this morning and just had an overwhelming sense of the Father's heart for this book and his gratitude 
to each of you and to the writers, because when we love children, we're really loving the Lord. They're his kids. And so my heart as a spiritual mother, as a godmother of eight, <laughs> and, you know. A, what an, lucky god kids. Are they? Gabby I mean, is so lucky. I, all I do is pray I'm for sorry. Them. She's blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> if they live nearby, they get lots of snuggles, <laughs> and uh, everybody gets lots of prayers. I'm not as good How at many godchildren things. do you have, Susanna? I have four. That's amazing. Four godchildren. Now, yeah, what about I you? Bet. I also have four, which is really uncanny. That's bizarre. I only have one. He gets lots of prayers from me. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he needs a lot of prayers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So my heart is just so moved as a spiritual mother for children. And again, just in the chapel this morning, I had such a sense of the lasting fruit that will be born from this book to give kids language for relating to God, practical tips for integrating their faith, you know, from just Sunday mass into their daily life and their decisions and the way they talk. I mean, that's important work. That's something I'm striving to do as an adult is figure out how to make my faith applicable to my daily life. So I'm just so grateful for you guys and excited to see how this book changes the church and changes the world. Susanna, We end in prayer every podcast. Would you be open to closing us in prayer? What if we prayed one of the prayers from the book? Let's do it. What do we need? Humility? Always. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful book that you inspired us to create and all the women that worked on it. And we just pray that it gets into the hands of all of the children and parents that just love you and would benefit from growing in virtue. And we're going to pray a prayer for humility. My dear God, I am amazed whenever I think about all the good things you have done for me. Thank you for all the gifts and talents you have given me. Thank you for the good things you are asking me to do. Help me to not worry about the opinion of others and remember that doing good things for you is what will make me happy. Send your Holy Spirit to help me be more humble. I love you with my whole heart. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, gals. What a joy. Thank you guys so much for being here. You are truly a treasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.